Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Hidden in Plain Sight, the investigative podcast for anyone whose role relies on finding crucial evidence, patterns, and information. I'm Lily Kennett. And I'm Juliette Young. And we're both investigative partners at Shillings. And this week, we have the absolute pleasure of being joined by Gapreet Thappi from our cyber team, also known simply as G, which I always think makes him sound a bit like somebody from a James Bond film, like Q. Or M. G, do you want to tell us about your background? Because your bio is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> sure, thanks. Uh, thanks for the introductions. And I'm happy to join you guys. Uh, so, as uh, Julia and Lily said, my name's Gurpreet, but everyone does call me G um because it's just easier to be honest uh, and also gives that facade of being in cyber um i've been working in uh, cyber investigations or digital forensic investigations since 2007 and doing various work for law enforcement agencies and government agencies uh everything from you know doing search and seizure exercises to actually doing uh investigations on any computers or mobile phones and or computer peripherals uh, doing investigations and writing witness statements or reports uh, and going to court to give evidence. Uh, that was the on the criminal side. I did 2007 to 2016. And from 2016 to 2018, I was at an investigations company doing a lot more civil work, um, doing a lot of litigation support work and uh, e-disclosure exercises and obviously expert witness work. And from 2018 to Present, I'm uh, here at Shillings, uh, working in the cyber department, again, doing the similar sort of things, uh, as well as heading up the technical surveillance and countermeasure stuff, which is the, the bug sweeping. And that's something we should probably, uh, is, is worth a, another session in itself sometime. Um, <laughs> but today, G, we, we've asked you on the program to talk to us a little bit about metadata, which is a term that we hear a lot and we get asked about a lot. Um, but doesn't always seem to be very neatly pinned down. Um, and there's a lot of interest from our listeners we know. So we thought we would just take some time to talk about what is metadata and how it can be um, how it can be used in an investigation. So data about data, <laughs> why don't you uh, go ahead and give us your definition? Yeah, yeah, sure. So what is metadata? That's a, that's a great question. Um, metadata is basically information behind a file and it consists of file attributes such as we see it every day when we see a file on a computer you see the file created file uh, last written last modified that is part of metadata and what people don't realize is that old ad saying where a picture uh, says a thousand words obviously it's not a thousand words behind the file but there are words and letters and numbers behind the actual file itself which can provide useful information when doing an investigation. Uh, so to give you an example of a, a file with metadata, we can take a photograph, for example. And a photograph, you'll see the photographs, you see the contents of it. But what's actually behind it? What can you see? What other information can you get from that file which can be helpful? So in regards to photographs, they say on a mobile phone, which has been taken by a mobile phone, a lot of people use social media platforms and other platforms, etc., and so on. And they always use to take a photograph and let's say they post it on social media. There's a check-in button, isn't there? So when you check into a location, it actually pings that location and puts it inside the actual photograph itself, which then consists within the metadata. So not only can you get location information, you can get the make and model of the device as well as dates and times. 
But you can also get other information like the settings of the camera at the time of the photograph, like shutter speed, brightness, if you've got red eye configuration. And that's really key because obviously one of the examples that I will give later on in this podcast was one question that was asked by the other side or the solicitors was, was the photograph manipulated in any such way? That's really interesting. And gee, I mean, I've heard that some social media platforms strip out metadata. I think Facebook does that. What Are there other platforms where the metadata is retained? And which platforms are those? So that's that's correct, Julia. I mean, a lot of platforms these days, they use, um, they strip out the metadata because they want to compress the files because obviously they have a lot of photographs stored on their servers uh, or a lot of files. And they want to try and make those files as small as possible. And that's by stripping out the metadata and changing the format. So even when you send pictures via WhatsApp, those uh, metadata photographs, uh, data is stripped from the actual files itself. But the key thing is, is the question is, is where is that source of that photograph? So if it's been taken from a phone and we have access to that phone, we will be able to investigate and examine that photograph in itself. Whereas if it's been taken through other platforms or if it's gone through like chat applications, such as WhatsApp, Signal, that data is then stripped. And I think a lot of the, the time people get confused that if the photograph is done via WhatsApp, then there's no metadata, which is correct. But they forget that that photograph was taken from a device. So if we can get access to the original photograph or the original device, we can get a lot more data from it. That's really interesting from an evidential perspective. And I know it's something that we've talked about on cases. So on the one hand, you've got this very rich source of data that can tell you a lot about uh, an image, where it was taken, potentially the people behind it. At the same time, you can edit that information. So can you ever really rely on it? Well, yes and no. Uh, you can rely, if taken out of context, it can be, if it's on its own, they can be proved to say that it's been manipulated or anything like that. But you need to have other supporting evidence to showcase or to use that as, as evidence. So, for example, we had a case where there was a mobile phone where the, there was text messages sent. And the contents of the text messages was about a deal, a quite high value deal that was going down. And the text messages had to be sent before a certain time or the, 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 the go ahead or the details of the, the, the deal had to be sent before a certain time. The other side were arguing that they received it later on. It, it was past the deadline, so therefore the deal was mismatched. But when we looked at the evidence or the text messages from uh, Clement A, let's say, or side A, they said that, look at the dates and times of those text messages, and it was sent before the deadline. Now, looking at those text messages at plain sight on plain paper, yep, it did say that. But when we done a forensic investigation, we looked behind it, we actually looked at the metadata wasn't simply matching up with what was showing on the actual phone itself. So a deeper dive into the factual file system, we identified that the messages were actually manipulated on the phone to give the, the, the appearance of the text message being sent before the actual deadline. And that's where, because we had the actual phone itself, we were able to identify that and, and, and look at that. Whereas if we just had just the text messages, there was no way to prove that. And obviously then we would have to go by with what was said on the actual text message, say that's what the date and time is said. But we were lucky in that sense. We had the mobile phone. We were able to do a forensic investigation and we found that the, someone had manipulated those text messages to show that it was sent at a certain time when it wasn't. 
so it has to be with other supporting artifacts. So if there was, like I said, if it was just that text message on its own, it would be very, very difficult then to to show if it has been manipulated or changed in any way. I, I think that example raises a really important point from, from an investigative perspective that, you know, when we talk about metadata, we're used to talking about something technical and it almost feels like there's a definitive answer there, but it's not an answer in itself, is it? It's just it's another information point that you've got to feed into your investigation and take into context. And if it's, um, you know, if it marries up well with the other contextual information that you have, then it can be evidential. But equally, if it doesn't, you know, it might, um, it might disrupt an investigation or send you in the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've had times before where People have manipulated stuff, but we haven't had access to the actual devices itself. So we had to take what was on merit on the actual file itself. But that's not to say that you can't raise the question and, you know, we've got this PDF file. Someone says it's been manipulated, but there's no evidence to show that because they haven't got the original device. Um, and you have to go with what's actually there at the time. And that's the actual file itself. So you have to go with that data. So it's always crucial to look at, obviously, if there is any metadata, what that metadata is actually showing, but then also is there any other supporting evidence to, to make that evidence a lot stronger? I, I know this is a bit of a hypothetical, but for, for the benefit of the audience, if you've got, so say you've got that PDF file and you've got certain metadata around that, you don't have the original device that it was sort of made on or potentially edited on. Are there data points that you can look for more widely maybe even things that you can look for in the, in the public domain from an investigative perspective that might help you to see whether that's been edited? You know, what, what would you be looking for as an expert witness? Uh, so there's, there's ways of, of, I mean, that sounds like obviously one of the investigations that we did. So that's, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, good uh, <laughs> not intentional, <job>. not intentional. <laughs> um, there, so there's one file where a client was, uh, saying that they were breached and um, it was put on online and the other side were claiming that it wasn't them that breached it, it was not the same file. So mm -hmm. what we did was is we uh, done a something called a MD5 hash uh, calculation. Uh, so that sounds really cool, G. <laughs> <laughs> it was really cool. He turned it around in around 48 hours too. <laughs> <laughs> it's essentially a mathematical algorithm um, which shows that if two values uh, of the files are exactly the same, uh, that means the two files are identical, regardless of the file name uh, or when it was created or anything like that. It looks at the actual content. So even if there's a, an extra white space or an extra full stop in like a 100-page document, those values will be completely different. Um, and, but in that case, they were exactly the same. Therefore, we, we found that those files were taken from our client and it was that person that actually posted it up on on the actual website um so yeah md5 hash is quite a a common thing in the forensics world i'm, I'm going to definitely drop that into my next meeting <laughs> md5 hash <laughs> it's, it's, sound like i know what i'm talking about <laughs> the thing is uh, is from a forensics perspective I, I mean this kind of stuff for me is just everyday things but I sort of get desensitized to it because when I'm talking to people that are outside the forensic world, for me, that's something really simple, but for everyone else, it's like, oh, wow, that's actually quite useful for us. And sometimes I just forget 
<laughs> those kind of things are actually quite quite cool and quite unique and especially with, with metadata there's so much information that you can get out of there it's, it's, it's unbelievable yeah and that you know not not to um uh, not to blow your trumpet too much, G, but on that particular case, I do I do remember that case, um, and it became very important to to be able to evidence live, kind of, you know, during real time in the in the litigation that that was that that document had been stolen and that the the other side had been um, in receipt of that um, in in various ways, and you know the the ability not only to um, to look at that value and to be able to show that. Um, to the solicitors instructing us, but also to kind of put that into an expert witness report and to be able to then take that into court very quickly um, was was really important in that case. Yeah, I think the the key thing there, Lily, as you mentioned, is the fact that the other side actually asked us. And a lot of the time, people don't ask those right questions because either one, they're not aware of it, or two, there's a misconception of, oh, no one's going to leave metadata there. No one's that silly to do that. They'll they'll clean it or they'll wipe it. And uh, there's been a number of times where you think that people won't be stupid enough to do it, but they are, uh, unfortunately, because again, because they're probably not aware of that data being in the documents that they are posting mm-hmm. or in photographs that they are posting. So well, the there key was, um, is this awareness. Yeah, there was the other one we looked at where we didn't get a definitive answer as to who. There's a PDF document that we were looking at. Um, with you guys and the team and we didn't get a definitive answer as to who had created it but um, we got both a handle and a time zone so that we could see um, sort of where where someone was working from um, and sort of the sort of kit that we were using and we were we were aware of someone who'd um, been a problem for the client in the past and we could sort of use that as, as an additional clue to kind of point us towards that that individual then um, ask them to kindly stop what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, before before joining Shillings, I was obviously working a lot on the investigation sides and and looking at the actual evidence. But looking at when I've joined Shillings and obviously worked with the Intel team, is is not just doing investigations. You can use it to gather so much more intel about people, about what they do, what software they're using, uh, you know, usernames. There's there's so much data. Um, you know, I've done I've done one where. We're doing some information gathering on on infrastructure, and not only have I found what software they're using, but I found out username passwords, which are placed in the actual PDF document within the metadata, and that's not without them realizing that they've done that. And that was on a, that was on an actual matter. I wasn't doing that, you know, legally or anything like that. I thought for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a relief to know. Um, gee, what about location data? What you know? Can you give us some examples where you've looked at metadata and that's been able to help you or help us plot where somebody's located or their their movements or um, travel patterns yeah sure so there's one one example that i gave this case recently and the client was uh was purchasing a high value item and um they wanted to know if this item was located at the place the the seller was saying it was uh, they wanted you they didn't want it to be like you know in east london in peckham somewhere in a marketplace so you know uh, it, was, it was a high value item and um, the photographs were sent and when we looked at the actual metadata we looked at the the gps coordinates within the actual photographs the longitude and latitude and we were able to plot that in google earth and where the person said he actually was was actually spot on actually there at that time and not only that we knew obviously he's making a model of his phone 
Uh, and we obviously knew what um, camera settings he had as well. So he wasn't enhancing it. It was just a normal setting. He didn't have the brightness higher or the, the exposure higher or the contrast higher or anything like that. It was a standard setting, which the photographs were taken at certain times and at certain locations. And we were able to plot that for the client. Um, so not only was it, it was a great result for the client, it also safeguarded their budget. Instead of flying someone out there to look at it and anything like that, we found within an hour that those photographs were there at that location at that time. And the item was obviously there as well. And that helped to co corroborate his testimony about. That's correct. Yeah, 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 it did. Um, again, though, it's, it's all about, I mean, because phones are so advanced these days, people forget they are smartphones, so they're taking information in all the time. Um, so there's there's other things where I've done investigations where I found metadata within uh, database files. Uh, so I found out from where the people have gone by looking at their Wi-Fi locations and the SSIDs. So all that information stored on the actual device itself. So always when you're doing an investigation, request for the actual original device. Um, and I think a lot of people think that they can't do that or they shouldn't do that or they won't do that. They'll just go buy a picture that's sent via email or or something that's just sent to them via um, you know Dropbox. And a lot of the times when the people do that, a lot of data gets wiped from the actual files itself. Now that you guys know a lot more about metadata uh, and uh, hopefully obviously the information I provide has been useful, I've actually got some files um, which on my machine which I would like to share with you guys and um, to see what if you can tell me what metadata you can find from the actual documents. To, to see if we've been listening, <laughs> paying attention. Or, or paying attention over the last couple of years working with you, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm, I'm game. I'm just going to share my screen, so just bear with um, mindful that this is audio, dear listeners, we're going to do our very best to, to let you know what G's throwing up at us. Uh, Obviously, you know, Lily and I are, are very competitive, so we're going to be, uh, you know... We shouldn't announce that right get before we... <laughs> <laughs> Cut that bit. <laughs> Just in case we get zero out of... <laughs> Just in case Lily scores all the points. <laughs> Um, and we, we do play university challenge uh, competitively in my house. Cut that, Steve. Don't ever let that out there. <laughs> in case anyone's wondering, I beat my husband. <laughs> Just, you know. I've seen you in the shillings quiz. I was going to show you what I could, on my phone is a, a file here, a document, a PDF document that you can see. Now... Obviously, you can't see the contents too much. But do you think there's metadata in that file? In the PDF? Yes. Okay. So, G, just for the benefit of the audience, you're showing me a PDF document on your phone. It just looks like a normal PDF. It's got a bunch of text. I can't see the title. Can you can you move it down a bit? Uh, I'm zooming. There you go. Can you see that? Yeah, just about. I can't read the text very clearly, but... Um, public health nursing. Public health nursing, okay. So it's a, a PDF file about public health nursing. Yeah. And, and um, your question was, 
yeah, what, what I'm going to do is, Julia, I want you to name one one piece of metadata that you think that will be on that document. Uh, I'm going to go for author's name. Author's name? Okay, that's a good... I mean, I don't know if that would be on that document, but... Um, I've actually analysed this. Date, date, and, date and time of... The date and time that the file was created. Yep. Author's name and... Do I, do I score two points for that? Uh, they were easy ones, so I'll give you one. I'm quite a, I'm quite a tough uh, taskmaster, so that's one point to Juliet. Okay. Uh, no, it's the same question to Lily. Lily, can you name one thing that will be on there, on that document? So Apart from I, date and times and author's name. So I think you might get um, the software used to create it, the machine it was made on. That's correct. Well done. Okay. Now, you know, gee, I can see there's a there. there's a logo on the document. When you've yep. got a, a document that's been PDF'd like that, um, can you look for? So, can we also try and pull information on that logo to see if it's been copied from somewhere? You can indeed. There'll be metadata within the document. I think, sorry, Juliet, Lily gets a bonus point for that. And for the benefit of everyone, she's putting her hands in the air and dancing around. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 2 1. So, Juliet, you can get back. You can get back with this. What do you think that um, you can find from the actual, uh, the, the, the file itself? So, do you know the actual photograph, that, the icon that Lily mentioned? What do you think will be? Uh, any information about that? Um, about the photograph? Yeah. Um, the camera settings that we used to take the photograph. Mm -hmm. And what else do you think you can get? The Potentially the, the geolocation data. Yeah. Uh, the date and time it was taken. Yeah. And one more thing? The, the, the program to edit the photo. Yes. Yes. Well done. I was doing great. I need to make the quiz a bit harder now. So this is what I was to do. Um, We're so nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna. What I'm gonna try and do now is just quickly share my screen. I'm gonna try and do it. See if I can. Just let me know if you can see it. Yeah, I can see that. You can. Okay. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. Right. So, just obviously, we were talking about PDF documents there. And then obviously just to, to let you know how we see it as a forensic investigation. Um, I've put an actual photograph in a forensic software. And just for the benefits of everyone, um, hopefully you guys can do a better job than I can in explaining it. But when we talk about metadata, this is what we see in its raw format. So all these zeros and twos. So this is what we call something called hex or in hex format. So when the photo so just to, gee, should we just describe what we're seeing, which is yeah. rows of like numbers, yeah, and letters, okay, which is kind of meaningless to me. Yes, it, but it looks it, very it, kind of technical. It's meaningless. I mean, for, for, I mean to, if someone looks at that, they'd be like, that's, "That's all gobbledygook." But if you look on this side here, it actually tells you obviously the make and the model of the phone. iPhone so, seven. Yes, yeah. right. Yeah iPhone 7, and it also gives you the date and time as well. Okay, right. And so this software, for, for the listeners, is giving us several columns of letters and numbers. A lot of it looks binary. Uh, and then to the right of the screen, there's a column that will um, spit out sort of more, more meaningful analysis. That's it's giving right, us yeah. some dates, some programs, um, some, some makes of, of uh, devices. 
So this is like my Blue Peter moment as such. So what I did was I had to go through these files and look through it manually. And then I've created a table here at the top, which you can see when the photograph was created. You got mm -hmm. the longitude and latitude, which I pulled out. And you got the device model, which is the iPhone 7. Mm -hmm. And it was obviously an Apple um, uh, device. And obviously further digging shows, like I was talking to you about the exposure, uh, about the brightness, the contrast, if there's any filters on, um, which brings me quite nicely on to my next uh, example. We had one, uh, this was during the, my, my days in, in when I was doing work with the police. And um, it was a, a, um, a domestic abuse uh, case. And the photographs were taken by the victim and they, they showed the bruising. But the the person who was obviously uh, accused of doing that was saying that those photographs were enhanced. Now there was no data to say that there's any software that was used to enhance it. However, the metadata within the actual file itself showed that that configuration, so the sharpness, the the blemishes, the contrast, and all that was enhanced to quite high, and they had filters on to really. Um, make the, the, the markings stand out even more than what they would have done when they're on a normal photograph. That doesn't excuse, obviously, what he did anyway, um, but it's just, again, the, an example of how metadata can be used when doing an investigation uh, and, and how it can prove powerful in, in certain cases of proving or disproving some things. So, G, just before we wrap up, we've talked a lot about phones, tablets, computers, all of the places that you'd think to look for metadata. Before we wrap up, what are the unlikely places that you might look for metadata? Uh, that's that's the, the beauty about metadata. It's everywhere. It, it is, essentially, if someone hasn't used or manipulated that file, and which most of the time they haven't, or they or they haven't used a platform that gets rid of it for you. It's usually there. There is something there, and, and if it's, if you've got access to the original device itself, it will be there somewhere. Whether it's in the file, whether it's in artifacts on the computer, um, something will be there to show you what information is behind that actual file itself. Um, but there are ways, obviously, like we mentioned, that uh, ways of taking metadata or manipulating it or even wiping it using um, software or free software as well uh, you can download from the internet. Um, but obviously, if we don't have that device where they used it to do that, it's very difficult to prove that metadata has been manipulated or not manipulated in that way. That's great. So in terms of sort of key takeaways, I guess one of them is, you know, always try and get hold of the original device if possible. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, always consider how metadata might be useful to an investigation because there are so many sources of metadata. Yeah. Um, even kind of sources that you might not think of. Um, and, and even from an intelligence point of view, look at the metadata. So it always can lead you to another, another lead or, or another place to go to, to, to look for things. Uh, and I think, again, a lot of people, because they're not aware of metadata and how much information it can hold, no one really asks the right questions. And just, if you have a file, it just takes, you know, 20, 30 minutes just to quickly look for it to see if there's metadata there. And if there is, then you can then assess saying, actually, can you delve a bit deeper to find anything else? 
Uh, if there isn't anything there, then obviously you can discount that and move on to and go to another file. Uh, but always, always, always take a look. much for joining us and that's all from um, us this time but if you have any thoughts or you know would like to us to address any questions please do email us at plainsight at shillingspartners.com is that that's the one <laughs>